0: From the ESPN studios at Pier 17 in the Seaport District of New York City, this is Greeny with Mike Greenberg on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch the show on the ESPN app. Yes. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Dan Gross is sitting in for Greeny right here on 98.7 ESPN. We're taking a right until noon, then it's Barton Hahn, followed by the K-Show. 98.7 ESPN, 800 919 is the telephone number. We're going to be with you all week long, at least, well, the next three days at this time. So light up the phones at 800-919-3776. You get me on Twitter as well, at Dan Gross at GRACA. Could it be any busier? Could this week be any busier ordinarily when the fact that you got the NFL draft tomorrow, which ordinarily is going to take up the majority of the conversation, right? But things are a little bit different this year because neither one of the Jets or the Giants are picking in the top 10 or the top 5, which has kind of been the case for the last couple of years in this city. I get that. But then you got all our teams in the playoffs. Shout out to the Islanders extending their season with a big road victory last night down in Raleigh. I was not exactly optimistic that that was going to be the case, but it happened. So the Islanders live to see another day. Congrats to them. Rangers Devils now knotted up 2-2 in a best two out of 3. That series will pick up back in Newark coming up tomorrow you got the Knickerbockers, who are one victory away from moving on to round number two, and maybe, maybe, even though I'll believe it when I see it, dare I say a date with the Miami Heat and not with Giannis and the top seed Milwaukee Bucks? Is that also a thing? We'll get into plenty of the basketball a little bit later on, of course, as the Knicks go for the clincher tonight, but there's also something happening this afternoon out at Florham Park, and... There are few guys probably in sports that could dominate a news cycle. And I think clearly for the last, for sure, probably the last decade, Aaron Rodgers has clearly become one of those guys. And he was playing in old, tiny Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is the smallest media market in any of the professional sports that we have here in North America. Smallest market. And yet he has become... A national figure. Pretty damn good football player, too. And I'm sure that you've heard that now he is the quarterback for the New York Jets. And he will be introduced at a press conference out of Florham Park. I'm going to head there myself as soon as we get off the air. Coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon, you can hear the press conference right here on 98.7 ESPN, as you should. And if you follow on social media, you know, the Jets account, Woody Johnson's personal account... They've posted some videos over the last 10, 15 minutes or so of Aaron Rodgers arriving to the facility today at Florham Park. You know, he walks into the building and he meets with Woody and Christopher Johnson and with Joe Douglas and with Robert Sala and Jaime and everybody out there. And he's wearing a jet sweatshirt. And you start to now see it in motion where you're like, this is real. This is happening. This is a thing. Because for the last couple of months, like, we, we thought that it was going to happen. We expected it to happen. But I guess some people still expressed a little bit of doubt. You know, March 15th seems like it was ages ago. I was, believe it or not, March 15th, I was sitting in this exact same seat that I'm sitting in right now. When Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show, and he told the world that his intention is to play for the New York Jets in 2023. And who knows how much longer after that was doing the show with BART that day. And it was a celebration. It was a free-for-all. You know, Jet fans don't get too many days like this. Jet fans don't get many days that are fun during the football season. And in the off season, you know, they've had their moments here and there. But then it really hasn't manifested itself once you actually, you know, actually sit down and play the games. But this is different. Because say what you want, there have been some good players that have come through the Jets franchise over the years. Guys who have accomplished a lot, guys who went to the Hall of Fame, guys who won Super Bowls, all that stuff. But this one's a little bit different. This is a guy who plays the most important position that you have in professional sports. A guy who has accomplished as much individually as almost any quarterback that we've seen, let's say, not named Tom Brady and Peyton Manning for the last 25, 30 years. And now he's going to be wearing a Jet uniform. And for the first time probably in I don't know how long, Jets are going to go into a game each and every Sunday with a gunslinger. They haven't had that guy. You know, normally the Jets step on the field and they're worrying about, well, how do we neutralize that guy on the other team? Whether it was Brady, whether it was Manning, whether it was, you know, most recently, Josh Allen, all the other elite quarterbacks that you have to face, Burrow, Mahomes, I mean, you you know the laundry list. But now they have one of those guys, a guy that, you know, you could put the offense on his shoulders and say, you know what, Aaron, go out there, throw the ball 40 plus times a game and take us home. Because in the past, it was always, there was a, a condition with the Jets quarterback, right? It was, yeah, but, well, if they run the ball... Not ask him to do too much, play good defense, all those things. You know, you can win with said player, whoever it might be. You don't got to worry about that anymore. You got a guy who is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And yeah, I know that he's pushing 40 years of age. I get it. And we don't know how much longer he's even going to play the position. But you know what he brings? He brings instant credibility to this franchise. No doubt about it. And when was the last time you could say that about the New York Jets? Instant credibility. I mean, you see, you've seen it everywhere over the last month or so, right? Look at all the odds. And now the Jets have gone from, you know, one of the most popular betting favorites to win a Super Bowl. Now that they have Aaron Rodgers. And their odds of winning the AFC East. And all the expectations that come with that. Just because this guy is going to be under center for them for 2023. Now, look, we don't know how long he's going to play. Right? I don't think the Jets have been given any sort of assurances. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be asked that question a little bit later at 2 o'clock, which you want to hear right here on 98.7 ESPN. And we'll see if he answers it. You know, it's one thing about Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't pull any punches. He's going to tell you exactly how he feels. He's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. And so maybe you might get some honesty. You might get answers to all of these questions that we worried about for the last six weeks or so when it became a possibility that he would indeed be the new Jet quarterback. And I understand that, you know, if you followed this team like I have, they've tried for decades to find this guy. They've tried for decades to find the next Joe Namath. Who is that going to be? And whether it was in free agency, whether it was in trades, whether it was in high draft choices, a couple, as a matter of fact, within the last 10 years, that just haven't worked out. You know, you've had glimpses, you've had moments, but you've never had a guy that was able to take you all the way to the promised land. And that's what they're going all in with Aaron Rodgers for. Not just to make the playoffs, which, you know what? That would be an accomplishment, given where this team has been for the last 12 years, right? That's step one. But it's about going deep into January, going into February, trying to win a championship. This is a Super Bowl or bus team that they have assembled in Florin Park. And I think that it's a testament. And Joe Douglas, you heard him yesterday. He mentioned it during his press conference, which... Ordinarily, it's supposed to be a pre-draft press conference, but the majority of the conversation was about Aaron Rodgers, and rightfully so. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers, at this stage of his career, decided to choose the New York Jets as his next destination, I think speaks volumes about where this organization is headed. And how they've kind of remade their image under Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. And the fact that They've upgraded the talent pool with this roster because I'll tell you something right now. If you were talking about the roster on this team two years ago, or even the roster on this team, let's say at the beginning of last year when we didn't even know how these youngsters were going to perform. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers, given the same set of circumstances, would have sat there and actually said, yeah, I want to play for this team? I don't think so. Now you throw in the offensive coordinator as well. I think that's a big boost. Now, remember, when Nathaniel Hackett was hired, everybody was kind of saying, oh, well, you know, the Jets are probably doing this because they think they could get him Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that they believe that deep down because at the end of the day, it's still going to be the choice of the quarterback. So if that was maybe a little bit of a feather in the cap, that it didn't hurt their chances of getting Aaron Rodgers, that's great. But like I said, it all comes down to the talent on this team. If they didn't have playmakers, if they did not have personnel that Aaron Rodgers felt he could win with, then it didn't matter who the offensive coordinator was. That would not have moved the needle. And look, Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. He's conscious about everything that's said about him. And people constantly around the NFL, fans all over. Hell, fans even in this city, because I've talked to a lot of you guys. The one thing they want to throw in his face, despite the incredible legacy that he has stockpiled, is the fact that he's only got one Super Bowl. And he's lost a couple of playoff games over the last several years. You know, at home, games where maybe the Packers were favored. Games where maybe he didn't play his best. And to some, that leaves a lot to be desired. You know, they look past the four MVPs, which, by the way, only one other person has won more MVPs than Aaron Rodgers. And that's Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl era. All right. Despite the fact that he's already won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP is easily one of the top 10 players to ever play the position in the history of the game. That's not good enough for some people. They want more. And not that Aaron Rodgers needs another Super Bowl to solidify his legacy, at least I don't think so. You know that deep down he's probably got a chip on his shoulder. And I think that's also one of the things that maybe works in the Jets' favor is that they're getting a motivated player. They're getting a guy who, even at this stage of his career, with the resume that he has, he still feels the need to want to prove people wrong. And what that second Super Bowl would possibly mean to his legacy and how it would catapult him maybe even onto another sphere when you're talking about the legacy of quarterbacks. To win one with two different teams? And oh, by the way, not just to win a second Super Bowl and to win one with any old franchise, but to win one with a franchised... That hasn't won a Super Bowl in going on almost 55 years and historically has been considered one of the most snake bit franchises in the entire National Football League maybe in all of sports imagine what that would mean to him and what would mean to this city you know winning in Green Bay is nice with their football history and tradition and title town and all those things what about winning it here if he ever delivered a Super Bowl here, there'd be a statue of him outside of MetLife Stadium. They'd rename one of the rest stops on the New Jersey Turnpike him. He'd have his own statue in Florham Park right outside the team facility. I mean, you name it. He'd be canonized for crying out loud. You think Mark Messier is celebrated in this city because he delivered the Rangers, that elusive Stanley Cup, for the first time in 54 years? This would be tenfold... This is football versus hockey. That's what's at stake here. And he knows that. The team knows that. And the fans know that. And we could get into all the... And I'm sure we will. Did they overpay? Was the price too much? What if he only plays one year? What if he doesn't play well? Oh, he's coming off a season that really wasn't all that great. And the Jets are going to be left up a creek without a paddle again, like they usually are. You know, there's plenty of time for all that stuff. But I have a hard time sitting here looking at this move and what this franchise is about to unveil a little bit later on this afternoon and not think that this is one of the great days in the history of this franchise. You are bringing in arguably. Best player to ever step foot on a football field in, in a Jet uniform. That's what you're doing. And if you get one great year out of it, fantastic. You get two, bonus. And the fun is just beginning. Because, and I'm not just saying this because I do the games or the Jets' home is here on 98.7 ESPN. I can't wait for the season to start. Cannot wait. And wait till that schedule comes out in a few weeks. You want to talk about how much box office the Jets are now all of a sudden? With Aaron Rodgers at the helm, you're going to have a bunch of primetime games. You're going to have a bunch of national TV games, the four o'clock windows, national double headers, all those things. Say goodbye to the Sunday at one. You know, that was our kind of like little joke here for us, you know, at the station and, you know, us part of the broadcast. I've been doing this five years for the Jets. The majority of the games are all Sunday at one because the Jets were not really a big time draw. Well, you know what? Say goodbye to the Sundays at one. It's going to be a little bit darker when these games kick off because you got a gunslinger. You got the guy. He was 12 in Green Bay, he's going to be eight in NYC. Aaron Rodgers. Going to be unveiled as the newest Jet quarterback. Coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon, you can hear every word, every syllable of that press conference right here on 98.7 ESPN. I understand that there's going to be some skepticism, right? Some of the things we outlined earlier in the show, his age, coming off a not-so-great season last year, at least by his standards given the fact that the Jets' track record generally has not produced always the things that you expect them to. I I, I get all that stuff. There are a lot of factors in the universe that are working against this move. But I don't know if you're a Jet fan. and, And really, this is kind of falls in line with the same type of stuff that we were discussing in and around the middle of March when this move was announced when he went on the McAfee show and said his intention is to play for the Jets. Based upon the recent track record, and when I say recent, I mean, we could go back decades. I'm not just talking about, like, the last couple of years. As a Jet fan, how do you say that this is not a move you think that is worth making? You want to run it back with Zach Wilson next year? Is that what you want to do? You know, you you think that's realistic? Or or, or maybe take another swing in the draft? Do you think that that would pay better dividends? You look around the rest of this roster, for example, you know, whether it's the young guys, the veterans, he's going to walk in there and and they're going to treat him almost like he's the Messiah. That's how much respect this guy has garnered throughout his NFL career. A lot of these young guys, whether it's the Garrett Wilsons, the Sauce Gardeners, all the, you know, who are who are going to carry this team into the future. They grew up watching this guy. And now they're going to be playing with them with a chance to win a championship, to bring that elusive championship to a franchise that hasn't tasted success in five and a half decades. Let's go to the phone, see what you guys think here. Chris in Jersey starts us off here on 9870SPN. Chris, how are you?
1: Uh, great. Much, much better day than the last 12 years, I can say that for sure. Uh, it's been so surreal, honestly. I've been a season ticket holder for 12 years, and... Went through a lot between that Sanchez and Gino. And so, basically, so, so
0: Chris, what you're saying is that it's your fault that the Jets have not made the playoffs in 12 years. You became a season ticket holder, and all the good times just immediately stopped because you bought season tickets.
1: Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, I got them when I was 19 years old, and all my friends to the day go, Why do you go to every game? And I'm like, It's just. It is what it is, I guess. I go, to, I go to one road game every year. I actually went to Green Bay last year. It was a good game. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But uh, it's, uh, it's surreal for sure. And it's, uh, if you're a Jeff fan, you're not happy about this. There's something wrong with you. That's for sure.
0: Chris, I thanks a understand. lot for the phone call. I'll tell you what. I think you're going to start to get some uh, return investment on those season tickets. I don't think I'm going too far out on a limb in making that assertion. Like I said, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the Hell, I'm looking forward to the preseason. Even though Aaron Rodgers probably won't even step on the field for a, a snap during the preseason. You know, you're going to get a lot of Zach Wilson probably in the month of August. And that's fine. But once this thing gets going, I mean, we have fun doing the games anyway. But th- this is going to be a whole nother level. That stadium is going to be Bonkers. I mean, just being in the building yesterday, I was at the facility yesterday and just, you know, talking to some people that I haven't seen in, in a few months, you know, really since last season ended. I, I mean, the enthusiasm is off the charts. It's more than just football. I mean, you think about the whole organization like they, they, they've been waiting for years for something like this. How can you not be excited? Iron Staten Island is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Ira, how are you, my friend? Uh, very good,
2: Dan. How are you? I put out the jet leg in front of the house today. There you go. Big day, you know. Big day. You you know the ramifications of this, and you know w- without any disrespect to any former jet player, this goes down as of as of today the biggest day in Jets history. And and you, you know how I felt about the whole situation. Um, I'm hoping he can give us two years. I we'll, we'll take whatever happens happens. But like what you just said, I got to go back. I, I, do I go back to Foz? Do I go back to Namath? Um Pennington, you know, I, I love him, but like you said earlier, every week now is if if your running backs hurt. Okay, Aaron, go out and get the job done. I mean, we we've, we've never said that before. It's never been that way, and I, I just think you know we, we just have to hope everybody stays healthy. And you know what? I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Because just the yeah, I, I think he wants to go out and he wants to stick it to the Packers, and he's going to come in here and he's he's going to give it his best. And, and I think it's a great day. And you know what? Going forward, there's hopefully whatever they do in the draft, it's just icing on the cake. But today is about Rodgers, well, it's about the Jets, and it's probably the best
0: thing. in franchise history. Yeah, I I think I think it hits right on the head as usual. And I thank you for the phone call. I you know we we were talking about this actually a little bit earlier today before we got on the air. You know, the Favre one stands out. I mean, obviously, there's so many connections, right? MVPs, Super Bowl champ, Green Bay Packers. You know, the connections are very similar. But I think this is maybe even bigger than the Favre situation, because if you remember, the Favre trade happened in August. And it was kind of, I mean, as we know, it ended up almost being like a shotgun marriage. It happened when training camp was already underway. Remember, Chad Pennington was already, you know, entrenched as the starting quarterback when camp began. And then all of a sudden, hey, Favre is going to be traded. Jets get Favre. Remember, his introductory press conference was in a little broom closet, essentially, at Cleveland Browns Stadium a couple of hours before the Jet preseason opener against the Browns that night. That was Favre's grand introduction to the Jets. I mean, nothing like this. And now you have an entire offseason and a draft that still has to be completed You know, all kind of continuing to fine-tune and shape this roster knowing that he is going to be your quarterback. I know you think about what, you know, I mentioned earlier and Ira just kind of echoed it. You know, this is now a situation where you can tell your quarterback, you know what, go out there and win us a game. They haven't had that guy in forever. You know, remember Christmas Eve, you know, the, the 2011 Game against the Giants when they asked Mark Sanchez to throw the ball 59 times that day. Remember that? Didn't work out too well. Mark Sanchez ain't a guy you want throwing the ball 59 times a game. Now, you don't want any quarterback throwing it 59 times a game. But you know what? If you tell Aaron Rodgers, hey, Aaron, it's one of these weird days. You know, how about putting up 45, 50 times the way the game is unfolding? You'd have no qualms about that. It's what this guy's made for. There's so few true gunslingers in this league. He's one of them. And one of the best to ever do it. And you are damn right—he's got a chip on his shoulder. Hundred percent. People were writing him off before he won those two back-to-back MVPs a few years ago. You're getting a motivated guy. Alex and Dumont is up next here on ninety-eight-seven. What's up, Alex? Hey, good morning. How you doing? Morning, Al. What's up? Well, I couldn't be more
1: excited as a Jet fan to finally have a veteran quarterback coming in. Now, the offensive line concerns me a little bit. This isn't the offensive line that Favre had coming into 08 when he had, you know, Damian Woody and Nick Mangold and Brick. But, you know, I feel that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I feel all he needs is maybe a decent offensive line and healthy playmakers, good play calling from Nathaniel Hackett. And, you know, he's got to understand that the AFC is not a joke. He's going to have to go through Burrow, you know, Mahomes, Josh Allen twice you know trevor lawrence is on the rise so that it might take a little time maybe for him to adapt to the other conference but you know i think if this team stays healthy i'm going to go with my gut i think this team can go 13 and 4
0: i mean i i it's hard to sit here alex and and put a a prediction we got to see the schedule first and foremost i mean mean, you know who they're playing but you got to see the order in which they're playing you know and, and that's always a tricky prospect You know, playing the win-loss game and so on and so forth. You can't do that because, you know, at the end of the day, you don't know how good these teams are going to be. There's an opponent right now in their—like, for example, all right, Jets are playing the Texans. Texans got the second pick in the draft. They had a horrible season last year, and you're thinking, well, you know, Houston's not going to be that good this year. Well, what if D'Amico Ryans has this thing figured out? And, and, and he's one of these coaches that's going to wave a magic wand and they go from, like, worst to first in 2023. Well, if, if that's the case, guess what? That game that you penciled in as a W might be a little bit more challenging. So I, I never fall into that trap. Like I said, be excited as to find out when your games are going to be. What primetime games you get. National TV, that sort of thing. Because the Jets are going to be as big a draw as maybe they've ever been. Ever. You know, remember that year in 2008 with Brett Favre, Jets only had, like, two primetime games this year because the schedule was made months before Favre got traded over. And they didn't have flex scheduling back then. Jets had, like, one Monday night game that year and one Thursday night game. That was it. Going to be a far, far different cry this season. Matt's in Westchester. He's up next here on 98.7. Hey, Matt, how are you? Morning, Dan. How are you doing? Thanks for
2: taking the call. What's up, Matt? I just got to say, man, your opening got me ready to jump through a freaking wall for this jet season. It's like every year you get a little glimmer of hope with the Jets. They, they, they put something out there, something happens, oh, you get sauce, got this. And, and some, somehow something so bizarre happens that it, that hope is just stripped away. And even when Rodgers said he wanted to come to the Jets, you know, you still have that little bit of pessimist jet in you that you're like, is this really going to happen? So when it actually happened, it, and now it's like, it's like a surreal moment. I, I, I can't believe he's actually a jet now. I mean, like the excitement is, is off the charts. I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for every game this year. I'm, I'm, I'm like
0: beyond pumped. You should be. And, and Matt, you know what? If you're a fan and you're a true, true fan, you've put in your time for a very long time. Right? I mean, to, to put it mildly, you've put in the suffering. You've put in the hard years, being eliminated essentially by Halloween, knowing that this wasn't going to be the year, and then playing out the string late in the season. You know how many times? I mean, just think about it. You know, Greg and I together have been doing this for five years, you know, the pre and the post game show. Out of those five seasons, I mean, they haven't won a lot of games. We get to November and. The season is essentially over. And we're trying to figure out, it's like, okay, how do we do a good broadcast? How do we keep people engaged? And how do we, you know, because we are doing a show. And we want to have as much listenership as possible. But if the team's not winning games, the built-in enthusiasm is not going to be there. Now that goes out the window, right? Now you figure, shoot, we, things are going to be completely different. You're darn tootin'. you darn tootin', in the words of the great Greg Buttle. It's going to be a lot of tootin' this year. A lot of it. And it's good for the fans, it's good for business, it's good for everything. And, you know, the Jets are going to be in the national news cycle almost daily. Like We were joking around about it yesterday out at, when I was out at the facility. Like, imagine once the season starts and, and, and Rogers does his weekly press conference, whether it's, you know, on Wednesdays or Thursdays, whatever day of the week it's going to be. It's going to be a zoo out there. Local media, national media, I mean, you name it. TV trucks are probably going to be like parked out on the side of the road just because he is an event he is an attraction Paul's in Rochester he's up next here on 98.7 ESPN what's up Paul? what's going on?
3: Nice, nice show glad you're filling in The Jets have to address the offensive line. I know we got the quarterback now, but if that offensive line plays the way they did the second half of the year with no running game, getting Mike White knocked out of every game, I don't think Rodgers is going to make a huge impact because the offensive line played so bad that it doesn't matter who's that quarterback. You need to protect them. You need to keep them upright. You need to have somewhat of a running game. And the Jets had none of that the second half of the season. And I'm hoping in this draft they get some depth on the offensive line because that's where the game's won. It's still won in the trenches, and the trenches played awful last year.
0: You're right. I mean, Paul, you're not wrong. I mean, look, the offensive line, by the end of the season, down the stretch, because a lot of those guys, and I thank you for the phone call, they were playing hurt all season. They really and truly were. Um And then by the time you got down to the last few weeks, it it, kind of just gave out, right? They ran out of scotch tape. They ran out of popsicle sticks, everything that they were using to, they ran out of dirt that they were rubbing on, all the wounds. They they just, it, it gave out nothing more, nothing less. So you're right. But you know what? You can make that claim for any quarterback in the NFL, even the great Patrick Mahomes, If he doesn't have an offensive line to protect for him, he's not going to be successful. Think about that Super Bowl that Kansas City played and lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a few years back during the COVID year. Kansas City's offensive line got destroyed in that game. Absolutely destroyed. And Mahomes, as great a singular talent as he is, he was running for his life that day and, and trying to make as many acrobatic throws as possible. But the plays weren't there to be made because he didn't have enough time. His line didn't give him a chance. You know, the, the Cam Newton Super Bowl, 2015 against Denver. Newton was the MVP that year. Carolina, weren't they like 15-1 and one or something? He got murdered that day by Von Miller in Doomerville. His offensive line didn't give him a shot. And especially now with Aaron Rodgers, given where he is in his career, pushing 40 years of age, you're darn right. And the Jets know that. Jets aren't stupid. They know that they have to give him as much protection as possible. And there's some question marks in this offensive line. You know, Dwayne Brown, who is so respected in that locker room and by the coaching staff, played with one arm essentially last year. He had the the shoulder operated on during the offseason. He's going to come back. You hope that he can hold down one of the tackle spots. Makai Becton still rehabbing from the knee injury, but he looks like to be in better shape. But he's only played one game in the last two years. Is that somebody you can say, oh, yeah, automatically he's going to play all 17 for me? It's tough to say. You know, Elijah Vera Tucker coming back off a, a biceps injury. He's a great player when he's in there, but he's you want him staying in there, of course. Right now the starting center is a guy who this time last week was still a free agent in Connor McGovern that they brought back, but I think that also might have a little something to do with the fact that they allowed him to go out and shop around and he didn't get a deal that was good enough for him. So, naturally, the target is probably an offensive lineman in the first round of that draft tomorrow. But I'll throw some other things out there. See what you think about Maybe if they want to throw a curveball into the situation with that first round pick as to which way it might go. We'll talk about that. And also, I want to get into the whole concept of this pick and the or excuse me, the price tag for Aaron Rodgers and whether or not it was too much. And you know, I'm hearing a lot of that, which to me is just, I can't believe it, to be quite honest with you. I really and truly can't. Saying that you think the Jets gave up too much and the Jets got fleeced and all these things. I mean, it's, it's, it's nonsense. A lot has been made, you know, over the last couple of days since this news trickled out that the Jets gave up too much. Oh, they lost the trade. Oh, they overpaid. How could you do that? Guy's only going to be here for one year. What do you do? You can't do that. Well... Let's break it down for a second. First off, you're assuming that Aaron Rodgers is A gonna make it through the season, it's gonna play every game, and with his help, you're gonna have a good year. You're gonna be in the playoffs, might even win the division, whatever. But you hope you're picking somewhere in the late twenties, and they're Perfect world. Early 30s. Once the 2024 draft rolls around. okay, so that's number one. So I'll throw this out there. What are the chances that the player the Jets would have taken? And let's just say we're assuming that this conditional pick next year escalates into a first rounder, right? What are the chances that the player that they will have selected next year in the first round late in the round, you hope? Would end up impacting the franchise as much potentially as Aaron Rodgers will or could. I would say the odds are greater that Rodgers will probably have the bigger impact. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for example. They might be the worst team in the NFL this year. Like, they're, they're, they're going to be in the conversation. You really think they care? That they're going to have a miserable season in 2023, given the fact that, you know what? The gleam from that Lombardi that they got a couple of years ago with Tom Brady is still nice and shiny when they walk into the lobby each and every single day. That's what this thing is all about. So if you're the Jets and you're going in for one, maybe two years with Aaron Rodgers and you get to the top of that mountain where you haven't been in forever, who cares about your first round pick? Right? I mean, shoot. I don't even think you need to win the damn Super Bowl. You make the playoffs you let's say go to all the way to the AFC championship game with Aaron Rodgers. You really think you care about that first round pick next year if you have a memorable season like that? Let's say hi to do 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 do, do. Mike and Linden up next. Michael, how are you? Hey, what's up, boss? What's up, um, Mike? I, I agree I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Uh the
1: the only thing I would have tra- uh changed in the trade was instead of 65% of the snaps have it like a, a top 10 or top 5 protected pick like you said i mean if we are I mean, that's what they're really trying to protect against i mean if if we do have a rash of injuries or he gets hurt and still plays and we end up with i don't know the top a top 5 pick that player will impact could impact the jets franchise more than rodgers I mean, I don't know why the, the the percent or the the percentage of snaps makes a difference. We should have just went by wins. You know what I mean? Well, they can't I mean, I mean you he can't structure it.
0: it that way. But but I mean, but, but realistically though, Mike, if he plays more than 65% of the snaps, do you really foresee a scenario where this team won't find themselves in the playoffs next year or this year?
1: No, but it, he could play hurt like he did last year or look what happened to uh, Brett Favre when he had him. What if that happens in week 1? Like, he's just playing through an injury. We have a rash of injuries, at wide receiver, an offensive line, or a defensive players get hurt. I mean, it just protects the team from a, a catastrophic rash of injuries, not just Aaron Rodgers' performance. You know what I mean?
0: I I, I totally understand what you mean. But you got to remember something, Mike, that it takes two to tango in this situation. And if you're Green Bay, you know, you weren't just going to give him up for nothing, even though he went on and said, look, I, I'll say this. I think in the long run when you're talking about compensation and the way that this trade came down and and the compensation going back and forth I think history shows that maybe his appearance on the McAfee show did not do the Jets any favors. So let's put it that way. Right? You know, him voicing his intentions to the entire world back in March like he did, I think probably Up the ante a little bit. And you would think that wouldn't be the case. You would think that, you know, Green Bay had nowhere to go after this because he said that he wasn't going to play for you anymore. But I I don't think that's the case because the Jets, on the other hand, they essentially were all in on this guy then. Right. They had to get their quarterback. They had to get Aaron. If Aaron Rodgers says, hey, I'm going to play for the Jets. Jets are like, "Okay, he's our guy. Because all the other quarterbacks are gone. Forget about the Lamar Jackson thing. It's never going to happen. Um Zach Wilson's here. You're not running it back with Zach Wilson. You're not going to draft a rookie. So this was what they essentially crafted their entire offseason for, to get Aaron Rodgers. And they had to pay a little bit of a premium to make sure that they ended up getting their guy. 800-919-3776. That's a telephone number. Now remember something. Last year, he played hurt. He had the broken thumb, which happened in the game against the Giants, by the way, in London. All right, so he didn't have like a MVP caliber Rodgers season that we had seen the previous two years. However, this Jets roster is better than the one that he had in Green Bay last year. Remember, this Jets team went into Lambeau Field last October and they kicked the you-know-what out of the Packers up and down the field. The tape don't lie that day. They they, they manhandled Green Bay. And so Aaron Rodgers saw that up close and personal and he knew that, okay, there's some pieces here to work with. Let's say hi to Vinny in Staten Island. He is up next. Vin, good morning. How are you?
3: How are you doing, Dan? I what? just got to give you a little reality check here.
0: Of course, Vinny, because you're always Mr. Sunshine. Go ahead. Yes, I am. You got a 40-year-old quarterback coming in off
3: his worst season. You got probably the worst head coach in the AFC. <laughs> and now you got now you got Nathaniel Hackett, the orchestrator of the worst offense in football last year, coming into call plays. And I don't want to hear how he did in Green Bay because he had Matt LaFleur holding his hand in Green Bay. He
0: who's this now? Wait, who, who, about who in Green Bay?
3: Well, I don't want to hear about Nathaniel Hackett, how good he was in Green Bay, because he didn't call the plays there. Matt LaFleur held his hand there. Okay? The Jets, you got Brees Hall who's not going to be ready until probably November. Just had surgery <laughs> four months ago in November. It's it's there's a lot of pieces that have to be put together, and, and and Robert Sala just talks too much. He talks too much of a big game with no results. They lost their last six games last year. I mean, he should have been fired for that alone.
0: Vinny, that's my take. I appreciate it as always. And again, that that is uh, this morning's Mr. Sunshine call from our pal Vinny. Right, let, let, I mean, he 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 unloaded a lot there. Let's break those down one by one. Vinny is very well plugged into the Jets situation behind the scenes. Very well plugged in. Um, so is that is that breaking news worthy, Anthony? You think that that Brees Hall's not going to be ready till November? Should we should we drop the breaking news? You think that Arsal is the worst coach in the AFC? No, but I think the Brees Hall one is a little bit more newsworthy, right? Because yeah. All right. So Vinny from Staten Island. Brees Hall's not going to be ready to go until November. Shoot, when I'm out there later, I'm going to tap Joe Douglas on the shoulder and I'm going to say, hey Joe, by the way, I, I don't know if you know this about your player, but I know you got a draft coming up here over the next couple of days. I heard, I heard, on good authority, that Brees Hall's not going to be ready until November. You you might want to use one of those draft picks on a running back, just in case. And he'll say, oh, you know Vinny from Staten Island. Yes, exactly. How Mutual do you know Vinny? Mutual acquaintance. All right, so Brees Hall's not going to be ready till November. That's number one. Rob Sal is the worst head coach in the AFC. He's wor- By the way, he's worse than, than head coaches in the AFC who haven't even coached a game yet in the AFC. How about that? He's even worse than, than Brandon Staley out with the Chargers. And the only reason he's the worst is because Nathaniel Hackett got fired in Denver and is now with the Jets, and <laughs> <Right>. he's terrible. <laughs> and the guy in Indianapolis who hasn't coached a game yet either. He's a first, uh, you know, a a rookie head coach. And what was the other one? And and Nathaniel Hackett, Matt LaFleur, was holding his hand in Green Bay.
3: By the way, don't tell the
0: Chargers. Don't tell the Chargers. They're their fans. Not going to tell the Chargers. Nope. Who was holding Nathaniel Hackett's hand, by the way, in, in Jacksonville when he was calling the place for a team that had a top 10 offense in almost all important categories, points, yards, um passing with, with, with Blake Bortles as his quarterback, by the way, and, and, and was a quarter away from going to the Super Bowl. Was that our good buddy, Doug Marone? Yeah, Doug was holding his hand. Sort of it looked like. It was like father and son taking a walk to the candy store. He was holding his hand on the sidelines each and every week. It's amazing. Aaron Rodgers speaks glowingly about Nathaniel Hackett, but this whole time when Rodgers and Hackett are having the conversation, he didn't see little Matt LaFleur behind him holding his hand. Couldn't see him. Again, if I I see Aaron today, if I get a chance to talk to him, I'll say, Aaron, by the way, do you know this holding hand thing? When did this start? All right, so some good perspective there from Vinny to close out our first hour.